is the Victorian Country Hour with Warwick Long on ABC Radio Victoria. It may be the last day before the election. There may be flooding continuing in Victoria as well. But we are on location today at the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships here in Bendigo. And can I tell you... I don't think I've ever been to an agricultural event with such a young and fit-looking crowd. There are, well, a bunch of sneakers everywhere, active wear everywhere, young people competing to be elite in their chosen fields. We're going to go through all of that today and hear from some Australian competitors, hear from some New Zealand competitors, hear from people from right around Australia about the competition that's going on. The open heats are on as we're looking out at this uh, event space here in Bendigo. I can see the wool handlers going at it as well. We'll come up with a lot more info soon. Right now, though, here's Rural News and Kelly Hollingworth. Kelly. Good afternoon, was An independent review of the culture at an Australian government agency has been ordered following allegations a male staff member urinated on his colleagues. Reporter Kath Sullivan has more. Agriculture Minister Murray Watt has ordered the independent review of the workplace culture at the Australian Pesticides and Veterinary Medicines Authority. Earlier this month, the CEO of the authority told a Senate estimates hearing that she was aware of an incident in which a man had allegedly urinated on others, but that it had not occurred at a work function. The independent review must report back to the government in March next year. There's been another detection of varroa mite in New South Wales, this time at Cessnock in the Hunter region. The bee parasite has now been found at 103 infested premises this year. The latest detection is linked to an existing case. A new emergency order has been issued expanding the red eradication zone. New South Wales Apurists Association President Steve Fuller says he only found out about the detection via the media. This has already been surveillanced already with alcohol washers. And now it's actually showing up positive to varroa mite. So, gee whiz, it makes me wonder, or it makes the industry really scared of how many other ones out there with alcohol washers that have been cleaned that now need to go back through and have motorcide strips in them. Yeah, how concerning is that for the industry? That's really concerning because we've had a lot of bee movements since then. What does this mean for the varroa mite response? Is it time to stop controlling this parasite and let it become endemic? At this point in time, I I think it's still a bit too early to move to management, but it's going to make them rethink the whole whole system. A manufacturer of infant nutrition products has taken out the Australian Exporter of the Year Award. The company produces infant formulas, toddler milks, baby foods and snacks and is exporting these items to China, Southeast Asia, the Middle East and the USA. CEO and founder Christy Carr says the recognition is quite overwhelming. We really, um, I guess, had got our, you know, delivered our first chapter of growth in in China, and uh, everything had gone from strength to strength there after initial, you know, a very significant disruption in the early onset of the pandemic, and then in the last year we really saw an opportunity to accelerate our entrance into the American market, and uh, you know that was quite a unique period of time um, for the American infant formula category as it was spiralling into a crisis with uh, with a shortage of infant formula. So we were the first application in the world to be admitted and we were the second um, manufacturer in the world to, um, to uh, be, um, I guess, accepted into the enforcement discretion policy. 
We've just um, sent over our one millionth tin, actually. So um, it's been a quite a, a, a big couple of months, and we've uh, we've sold a large majority of that inventory that we've sent to the US uh, into all of the sort of big box retailers over there. So we're now arranged in six and a half thousand stores across forty two states, uh, and uh, yeah, just really see it as a as a long term opportunity. And a Hobart flower grower has landed in a little hot water, unknowingly growing restricted poppies for local florists. Local state authorities contacted her after apparently seeing photos of the pink blooms on Instagram. Kate Dixon says they turned up at her property the next day and confiscated the lot. I was growing them purely for the wedding events um, and I had absolutely no idea. They were seeds that I sourced, um, you know, from a, an Australian seed supplier. So I had, I thought that they were okay. Um, I guess it's probably a really good reminder before you plant anything to always check and check with the botanical names. How can you check? Well, that's a good question because after I got the initial um, contact from Depewe, I did have a look on their website and I couldn't find the information easily. But they do have pertaining to poppies specifically a, a Know Your Poppies fact sheet, um, which has some pictures on it. But again, I think it could make, be made a little bit easier to find. Were you surprised that uh, you managed to buy these poppies? I mean, was there any su- suggestion that the seeds should be restricted? No, none. And the, I did have another variety of poppy growing here, which the seed packet's botanical name was Poppy Oriental, uh, and they are okay to grow. But when the guys from Depewe came last week and took some plant samples to UTAS for testing to confirm exactly what they were, the oriental poppy was actually, in fact, a poppy, a different poppy, and it's one of the restricted ones as well. So that's been removed too. So it wasn't oriental? It wasn't an oriental, no, but sold as an oriental. And for today, that's Rural News. Thanks very much for that, Kelly. Back in all the action here at Bendigo. We can see an open heat going on behind us at the moment. Wool handlers look like they're on a bit of a break. In front of me, there is, oh, I don't know, a good couple of hundred people sitting on chairs, all facing the main stage, which you can just see is sort of in the middle of the massive pavilion here at Bendigo. After behind that is a lot of sheep, and uh, they're the, the important part of today. Obviously, with a lot of shearing events going on, you need a lot of sheep. And one man who's been wrangling that happens to be the chairman of Sports Shear Australia as well, David Lawrence, who can join us on the program. David, thanks for having us. No, thank you very much uh, for uh, bringing me on and uh, talking about what's happening here today. National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships, the best of the best in your sport, competing to represent Australia as well as taking on New Zealand while we're at it. How important and how long a journey has it been to get to this day? Uh, this event um, should have went ahead uh, three years ago. Uh, COVID shut us down for two years. And then uh, back in October, we had to postpone again due to this venue turned into a uh, evacuation centre. So the so, floods. So you got so, COVID, the COVID shut you down and then the flooding happened and that made that's, you... That's correct. The flood oh. shut us down. So we're five weeks later running the event, but uh, everybody seems to be here and on board. Um, the national event today is is uh, teams from teams of about 20 from every state of Australia and from here we'll select the top uh, machine shearers, wool handlers and uh, blade shearers to represent Australia and not only will they uh, challenge the Trans-Tasman with the uh, New Zealand team 
They will also, the top four, top six, two from each grade, will go to the world event in Scotland next June. So there's a lot on the line. A lot on the line for this event. So we had to make it work, and uh, it's good to see so many young faces here today, and uh, it's absolutely brilliant that they're all here. I said for agricultural events, we, we broadcast it a lot on the Country Hour, and for an agricultural event, don't think you, you see such a young and such a fit-looking crowd oh, at an event like this. Yeah, no, they're, they're brilliant. These guys are as fit as you'll get most yep. of them, and uh, it's good to see them all here, that they've taken the time to get here, and uh, they're looking for top honours, and uh, it's an industry that's uh, pretty good, and uh, it uh, makes us you know, travel all over Australia. So, and just tell us in terms of uh, the, how the events run, sort of ha- how many judges, how many sort um, of marshalling? You've been out the back working the sheep. Yeah, I, um, I ended up out the sheep today just coordinating the back end. But someone's I thought if you became chairperson, done. David, you didn't have to do that anymore. Oh, I know, but at least I can uh, keep an eye on things. <laughs> um, no, these guys, uh, they've qualified throughout their states to be here mm. and then the top from each state have uh, come over here and then uh, from there they'll compete today and tomorrow um, for their for their different divisions mm. and then uh, we'll select the winners from every division right down from the novice that could be 15 16 year olds right to through to fellas that have been in the industry 40 years and australia's taking on the kiwis tonight uh, we'll take them on in the shearing this afternoon in the blade shearing yeah. and the uh uh, machine shearing and tomorrow the wool handlers will tackle. Uh, what are our chances being a bit parochial oh, here? Look they won the raffles last night but I think we'll win the shearing today so <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. Oh we'll take that. Well David thanks for having us here today it's been fantastic just to even begin the show with you and I think we need to send you back to work now don't we? Oh, I better go back and do but uh, anyone's out there come on down to Bendigo and um down to the showgrounds and we're happy to entertain so you. So they got today and tomorrow today to Today and here. tomorrow right through to about 4 or 5 o'clock tomorrow. And you can just come in and watch. It's come incredible. in, walk in, have a look around. Most welcome. Thank Brilliant. you. David, thank you for that. Good luck with the sheep out the back. I love that if you become chairperson, you don't even get to get away uh, from, from having to do the work out the back. You're listening to The Country at quarter past 12. Warwick along with you at the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships here in Bendigo. Let's speak to some of the competitors at the moment. They're probably still trying to get their water in after working pretty hard in the first heat we saw just before. Tom Reed's with you. You're competing for Western Australia, Tom, but you've yeah. just moved. I have. I'm, I'm currently residing in New Zealand, yeah, on the east coast of uh, North, North Island, which is a bit of a sea change. But, um, yeah, I'm still, I am came back over here to represent my state. Um, so, yeah. So you qualified happen. for WA and then all the waiting, I suppose, to compete. You've <laughs> since gone back to move to another country. Yeah, the anticipation was pretty, pretty wild, you know, with the things going on and it got pushed back and got pushed back. Um, but, yeah, the move to New Zealand was always on the cards. It's just how it's turned out. So, yeah, um, it was a little bit inconvenient, uh, everything being pushed back. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, there's a lot of other people out there worse off than me. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you just got to um, be a bit more Did grateful. you fly over on the postponed? Did you have flights for the postponed event? In um, not from New Zealand, but from WA. Oh, wow. Yeah, and yeah. then you've moved and then come back. That's correct, wow. yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long old journey, but we're here and, yeah, we're making it happen, so it's good. Yeah, how did you go? You were in the heat just before? Yeah, I had a couple of 
couple of good ones, a couple of tough ones. So we'll see um, how it all turns out in the wash. So, but yeah, that's one of the things about this event. Well, I suppose we'll talk to people as it goes along. But but the the quality of sheep means a lot for how quickly you can shear. And some of these ones seem to be a bit tough today. That's right. Yeah. No, there's all sorts amongst them. There's a bit of lice and a bit of skin. And um, but you know that's all right. And when they're tough, they're, they're sort of tough for everybody. You know. So um, it, it it is even. Um, and you know. We're all on the same sheep, so it just comes down to the individual and, and how, it, how it turns out, you know. And so whether you're going from WA or from New Zealand to get to Victoria and to Bendigo is quite a long way. Why do you do it? Why, why do you make such an effort to get to a competition like this? Um, I think it's the, the passion and the drive because, you know, we all want to be there to represent our country and this is the opportunity um, that we get to try and um, qualify to, to represent our country at the World Shears next year in Scotland. Um, and you know it just it's one of those things it's like any sport any competition you know like if you really want to do it you, you, you'll go and do it so um, yeah it's like yeah no different to any other person competing in any other sport you know to, to, for us this is a sport for us mm. um, and yeah we do take it seriously and so yeah we, we'll do whatever it takes to, to compete Just how seriously do you take it because uh, if you don't mind me saying you're a fit looking fella Tom so do, how, how important is it to be like in good physical nick to be competitive um, shearing? It's really, really important to be physically fit, um, not only for your physicality, uh, but for your mental health as well, because it is a, it is a mental game. Mm. Um, and if you're not physically strong, you're usually not mentally strong, so it's important to be to be both. Um, and yeah, I do you know things like cycling and weights and a lot of cardio work. Um, and you're doing and all of that to be a better shearer? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so all of that sort of makes it easier, not only at the competitions, but also at work. Um, and so, yeah, the fitter you are, the easier it is um, and the easier you can recover and deal with day-to-day shearing, which is a tough job. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you're still shearing in New Zealand? I am, yeah. Yep, yep, flat out. It's, yeah, I was about to say, that's, there's been such a connection between the two countries that sort of got severed a little bit during COVID and now we're hearing a lot more about how shearers don't have to come over from New Zealand as much anymore. You mightn't be making exactly as much as Australia, but there's enough work to keep you going there. Is that the case yeah, for you? Yeah, that's right. There is a lot of work and they have had some decent pay rises lately. It's yep. not as high as Australia, but the tallies are higher. You can shear more sheep over there because the, the sheep are a little bit easier going. Um, but yeah, look, there is, they are paying pretty good money over in New Zealand at the moment, so a lot of guys aren't travelling to Australia yeah. anymore. Um, but yeah, it's horses for courses. It's what you want to do, you know. Like a lot of people ask me, why'd you go to New Zealand? And you know, my partner's from there, um, so we just wanted to change. Um, and I, I just wanted to change. I was going a little bit stale in WA, and you know, <laughs> I'd been there shearing there for 15 years. You know, yeah. I'd grown up there and everything. So I just wanted to change. And, um, and it's the yeah. kind of job where you can move anywhere in that's Australia, right. really. Yeah, there's sheep all over the world. That's yeah. right. There's, yeah. I think there's about 45 countries in the world where you can go shearing if you want. So. Yep. Um, yeah, it's one of those jobs you can move around, definitely. River, Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Good luck with the rest of the event. No worries. Thank you, matey. Uh, we'll get you to hand over the uh, the microphone there. John Dallas with you, part of the Australian team that's competing. Uh, John in blade shearing. And this is one of the, the things where you realise you've been reporting on uh, events for a very long time. I think I saw, I went and interviewed you, John, when you were first in the Australian team and you had a meet-up somewhere in regional northern Victoria or southern New South Wales for training for a world championships which was a mighty long time ago but you're still competing. 
Yeah, so uh, first made the Australian team for the World Championships in uh, 2008. There you go. First yeah. time we went to Norway. Um, so yeah, 14 years ago. For a, for yeah. A fair while now. And blade shearing in particular seems to be you're although comp- competing in the uh, in the machine shearing too, but the blade shearing seems to be your passion. Why is that? Um, so growing up uh, in South Australia, we've got a merino stud, and um, so I used to see the guys blade shearing the stud rams, and and from right when I was very young, I always enjoyed shearing, and uh, thought I'd give blade shearing a go, and quite enjoyed it. I find it a bit more relaxing than than machine shearing. You're not as restricted. The sheep seem a bit more calm, and and I find it a little bit more highly technical to master. Um, so it challenges me a little bit, and. Um, so we sort of stuck with it and, you know, still with the stud, I've, I've got to shear the rams with that. And, and so we've sort of continued on from there. So listening in the background, people will hear the machines going on at the moment. If you don't know what blade shearing is, it's literally uh, almost like a glorified big piece, big pair of scissors that you're, you're using to, to shear sheep. How long does it take you to, to work your, your way through a ram or a, or a big sheep? Uh, so rams normally, uh, when we're shearing them, like for shows and sales, uh, mm. we, we take about eight, ten minutes a sheep. Um, um, you know, competition-wise, um, you know, most year hoggets were sort of three or four minutes. Today, um, it took a little bit longer. We're shearing some fairly woolly weathers with a fair bit of work in them, a um, little bit water-affected, um, which most of Australia is. So, um, so we sort of had to take a bit more time and care to make sure we had the quality job. Mm. Um, you, you finished still minutes ahead of some of your competitors, though, which is in- incredible to see. Yeah, so I guess that's yeah, a little, little bit of experience and, you know, practice. I, I've got, um, you know, the gear suited to the sheep we're shearing today and and that's just you know from the other years of shearing various different types of sheep i can sort of understand what i need um because that's a major part of your blade shearing your gear has to be spot on or it's really hard um and you're not judged on just speed right just because you finished early doesn't necessarily mean you win you need a you're looking for almost like a good haircut really a uniform um sort of a spread of, of wool thickness left behind on what you're doing yeah can you explain yeah. that yeah so they we um we're, we're judged in two types for quality so we're judged on the board as we're shearing for for second cuts the double cuts of the wool and any skin pieces we take off plus there's other things at the top level uh, you can lose points for losing control of the animal and various things like that so there's there's a bit more to it than just the the shearing um and then they get judged uh, out the back what we call and uh so after sheep's been shorn, um, they get judged for evenness of length of, of the quality of job with shorn, wool left on, or, and also skin taken off. Um, so if you, you cut a sheep, you get judged or penalised twice, essentially, uh, for doing so. And so, you know, it's a combination, and it works out to be about half and half the speed and quality. Um, so it's important to, you know, be right there about with the speed. You don't want to get too slow, um, but you don't want to sacrifice your quality job. And something on, you know, like the weathers we're shearing today where there's a bit more work in them, um, quality seems to be winning out. Mm. Um, so, yes, I was a bit quicker, but um, I was really focusing on the quality job and, and scored very well out the back because of that. And, you know, the scores, you know, out of the heats represent... Yeah, how we sure. Hey, you're about to compete to this afternoon against New Zealand representing Australia. What's it like representing Australia in your sport? Oh, it's incredible, really. Um, yeah, every time, every time I do it, and I've yeah been doing it for 14 years, going to Trans Tasman tests in in Australia and New Zealand, and and it, I get nervous every time. You know, when when they play that national anthem, um, you know, I just get so excited. I just want to compete. It's you know, you're not competing for yourself anymore. You're you're in a team and you're judged as a team. 
um, and yeah, you do really want to perform well for your country and, and beat the Kiwis because we all love doing that. <laughs> we certainly do. Let's meet a couple of your uh, uh, teammates, I suppose, in the Australian team as well. A little bit earlier today, I spoke to uh, the guys, five-time national championship in machine champion in machine cheering, and he's Australian teammate as well. So Daniel McIntyre from New South Wales is a big winner uh, in the history of this sport and is continues to do so, and he's about to go up, up on stage and start working. So that's why we spoke earlier. Uh, Nathan Meany was with him, and we had a chat about exactly how they do what they do. Yeah, thank you. Tell us a little bit about what it means to shear for Australia, because you've done it so many times. It's a very proud moment, I suppose, you pull that pull that green and gold on and something that I really enjoy doing is going over to New Zealand and doing that so it keeps me motivated and focused in the sheds as well. What takes it from just cheering as a job for you to becoming a passion and effectively turns you into a professional athlete? Yeah um, I think it's that elite level stuff you know that the stuff that everyone overlooks in the shed that really particular quality and and the speed to go with it um, yeah it's just a, another, another level and um, it sort of makes the job job through the day go a bit quicker. You know, you're focused on performing at that next competition. Uh, Nathan Meany's with you as well uh, from South Australia uh, in the mid-north. And, and Nathan, you've competed for Australia a few times as well. Uh, yeah, this will be, I think it'll be the third or fourth time in the Aussie team. But yeah, one time I was sort of next in, so, so I stepped up. But yeah, buddy. Had sort of Shannon Warnes and Daniel McIntyre and Jason Winkle sort of in the road, buddy. And as a young fella, sort of always looking up to him and the amount of help I've had from sort of Daniel and Shannon that you'd, there's no way I'd be in the spot I am now. So what did it mean to you when you finally cracked it and made it into that Australian team? Well, it's just a big blur the first day or night, I suppose. But once we, uh, yeah, once we got there, got across the master and for the first one for the world champs, uh, you pull that green and gold on and... And they sing the national anthem to end, and you haven't got a hair that's not standing up on end. And, and now, yeah, like Daniel said, that you take, buddy, you take that much into it, to, uh, and you just want to do well and take it to that next level. That because you work a lot of cockies through the, through where I come from. That you just, you just a cheer, and when you're behind, you should be there, and you shouldn't have the weekend off. We, yeah, we should be just buddy doing that every day. But you take, take this to the next level. Well. Then they can actually see what you, what we're doing and where we're trying to get it and clean the industry up a bit too. What do you do with your singlet when you finally get the green and gold singlet? Where, where do you keep it? When we actually won the first test that we had, you generally have a few beers, but I think I actually might have lost one that night. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got a couple still hanging in the cupboard, so yeah, I'd hate to imagine how many Daniels got hanging there, but... We don't actually get one every year, so oh, you try and, try and save it. You've got to keep the one that, that's good. Yeah, Daniel, I'll come back to you. Take, take me into the mind of a, a champion then. We're watching some of the, the new entrants to the industry going at it over your shoulder at the moment. Um, what are you thinking of when you're competition shearing? Like how the, you grab the sheep, what's going through your mind then? Uh, it's just uh, being in your own place, um, trying not to let other people's opinion um, influence your decisions. Um, you know, you know what you what you're capable of, and, and what sort of gear you need to use. So it's just about yeah, having that confidence and and getting up there and delivering. Are you thinking about where your feet are moving, where you're going to do the next blow, or is it all natural to someone like you? I guess it comes natural after a while, but um, now I always get that positioning right with that down tube to start with, and and, and really 
focus on getting that first blow into the belly and then it all seems to follow after that. So. And how quickly do you generally take a fleece off a sheep? Oh, uh, these sheep here today, probably minute 20, hopefully in the final. You know, we probably might, we might get under that, but um, there's a lot of work on these weathers, so we won't be going that fast, but we, we get down under a minute in some competitions, so... But, but that's how fast you have to be to, to be a champion. And obviously the sheep and the type of sheep is hugely important to that. Yeah, that, that influences the time a lot, yeah. And Nathan, when you hear stuff like that, does it make you nervous or do you think, oh, I, I can beat that? How, what's going through your mind? Well, we sort of got our own mindset, really. Yeah. And, and like, as you get, get through... When I was a bit younger, like, you'd, they'd play mind games with you a bit too. But, <laughs> you'd be looking but, up a lot. And now, once you get that experience under your belt, you can do it the same. <laughs> this sort of thing to them. But, but yeah, you, I go in there, I know how well Daniel shears and, and you're looking at his job all the time. But, uh, yeah, I've got different ways I sort of look at it. And time's on a cut the odd real tough sheep my job mightn't be quite as good as Daniel so I've got to try and pick that up somewhere else it's amazing hearing both of you how you go about what you do and how you think about what you do this is your job and it's also the thing you do on a for fun as well you must you must really enjoy shearing Nathan I know that might seem like a, a silly question but but it's your job and also your um your hobby really as well yeah yeah, it is pretty well, yeah. And it's always good to catch up at a national with other states. Mm. Well, you don't get to see them because we're always busy through the year and well, you, Daniel, is the same. We're probably like, 2,500 k's apart, I suppose, so you don't get to catch up too much. And, you, yeah, you're always in it to, to take it to that next step and get in the Aussie team. But at the same time, you get to catch up with a few people and have a chat about what's happened in the last 12 months and have a good time. So, and What do you want people, we're broadcasting from here today, what do you want people that have never heard of the competitive shearing but also have, might have views of the industry as well what do you want them to, to think about today or what do you want them to know about what you do yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it than you think like a, shearing a sheep looks quite easy but it's only as easy as you as you make it you've got to have your gear running right and, and your footwork and your down tube and that working for you but it does look when you see it on a video it does look very easy but it's not as easy as it as it looks but no definitely if you're keen to have a bit more look come in the industry and yeah, have, a, have a crack whether it's wool handling or, or pressing or doing a bit of penning up and, and then start learning yeah definitely a bloody good industry to be in Daniel I might finish with you then um, we've talked constantly on the country about shortage of shearers lately as well when you're a national champion in a in a market where there's not a much, enough shearers can you charge more? Oh well I guess you can um, <laughs> when someone's desperate but no I try and stick to the award as much yep. as I can and be fair fair as I can um, I, I'm a Grow, I will grow on myself at times. I'm not at the moment, but um, have been. Um, you know, so I try and keep things fair, and you know, I can understand both sides of the story. So, how do you think the industry is going at the moment? Looking, looking in this shed, there's a lot of young faces here, which I imagine is encouraging. Yeah, well, we have got some good young kids here, and they're all, you know, all quality competitors, and um, you know, that's good signs that we, you know, with these de- development grades that. We've got young people coming in. Can you give us an idea on like how seriously you take this as an as an Australian champion? Like, how much do you train and prepare and be ready for a day like today? This is this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to compete, and every, every day it works. Just another day's practice. So that's that's where I practice. Yeah. So all the practice, all the preparation is for today, and you're ready to go. That's exactly right. Yep. Do, do you reckon you win? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan's laughing beside you. Fellas, it's been awesome to speak to champions of a sport and, uh, and get in your mindset today. Uh, I hope you actually are on stage when we're, when we're on air now so we can have a look at how you're going. But thanks for joining us on the Country Hour today. Thank you.
That is uh, Daniel McIntyre and Nathan Meany speaking to you earlier today. And I can tell you why they were speaking earlier, because I'm looking at Daniel McIntyre right now, lean across the gate, getting ready for his heat in the Open Shearing Championships here today. And uh, there is a big lineup of people there ready to go and a lot of people watching. It is extraordinary to be here in Bendigo today at the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships, where Australia will also take on New Zealand later on today. So Daniel McIntyre will be up for that as well as Nathan that you heard from earlier and John Dalla who you heard from earlier in the program as well. Before they get away though, let's find out what's making regional news headlines around our state this lunchtime. To help us do that is Christopher Tester today. Good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon, Warwick. Energy experts are questioning the viability of the Victorian opposition's plan to extract onshore gas in Gippsland. The opposition has pledged to extract gas from the Otway and Gippsland basins at a commercial scale if it's elected this weekend. A 2020 report to the government states there's about four years' worth of supply in the basins, with extraction able to begin within a few years. But Deakin University Director for Energy Policy and Natural Resource Law, Samantha Hepburn, says onshore gas infrastructure would severely affect Gippsland's landscape. Fruit Growers Victoria says while not as many workers will be needed this year for harvest, accommodation will still be a challenge for growers. The Growers Advocacy Group has started a new program to help provide advice and support for workers and employers, with many recovering from last month's floods. Harvest Labor Liaison Officer Carolyn Pearson says floods and hail in the regions will mean smaller crops this harvest, but flood damage has limited worker accommodation. Plans for a new low-fee independent Christian school in the Bendigo suburb of Juniton have been scrapped. The board of Bendigo Christian College had hoped the school would be welcoming students in February. It was announced the Bendigo Christian College school will not be opening next year and no future date was being considered due to Department of Transport requirements. And about 2,500 cyclists from around the state are getting ready to tour the southwest with the return of the Great Victorian Bike Ride this weekend. Riders will start the journey in Koroit on Saturday and will finish up nine days later in Ballarat with stops in between including Norat, Timboon, Colac and Anglesey. That's all for now. For more, head online to abc.net.au forward slash news or stay tuned for your next bulletin at the top of the hour. Thanks for that, Chris. Christopher Tester there with regional news headlines for you. It is quite amazing where we are at the country hour today. The competition going on. I can still see Daniel McIntyre shearing away, though. He's right next to uh, Sam Mackerel as well, who's part of the Australian team too. You can see those two going hammer and tong at it at the moment as they're trying to do those long blows down the back of the sheep's back, and you can see the whole fleece coming off as we speak. Next to me, though, here in the country hour, we're up next to the results board. And you see these people nervously walk over and eye over their team's results and try and work out how their team's going at the moment as well. See the West Australians doing that as we speak. It's absolutely cool to watch. You can keep your text coming in to 0467 842 722. I'll get to that shortly, but right now let's find out what's happening weather-wise around our state. Keris Arndt is a senior forecaster at the Weather Bureau and he can tell us more. Keris, what are we looking at? More fine weather? G'day Warwick, yeah, good day for it, good day for shearing I'd imagine. Um, it's uh, beautiful clear skies, light winds across most of the state, a little bit cloudier in the south, but even even through southern Victoria we're seeing some blue sky peek through. Um, still reasonably cool, uh, maximum temperatures are a degree or two below the November average, um, although likely to be uh, close to average in, in the west of the state, it's getting a little bit warmer. 
Uh, as we go into tomorrow, it's going to get quite warm. We're above above average uh, for November um, uh, across most of the state, a few degrees above average. Uh, temperatures in the mid to high 20s across uh, most of Victoria. Um, and we'll start to see some northerly winds develop during the day ahead of a cold front that's going to move through western parts, kind of reaching the west of the state uh, kind of mid-afternoon and then moving through to central parts in the evening and eastwards uh, overnight into Sunday. We'll see showers and thunderstorms uh, with that front uh, and then kind of trundling through Sunday and then clearing the east of the state during the day. As far as rainfall goes, generally speaking, it's not particularly wet, um, especially compared to a lot of the events we've seen recently. Uh, kind of less than five millimetres across uh, most uh, areas uh, through through Saturday uh, and then eastern parts of the state, a little bit wetter on Sunday, maybe up to 15 mils, a little bit more if you get a thunderstorm um, during the day on Sunday. And there is a chance we'll see some, some severe thunderstorms in the east of the state on Sunday with wind and hail being the main hazards there. Uh, but as I said, compared to most recent events, it's, uh, it's not looking all that exciting, which is very refreshing, I've got to say. Looks like we'll have a slightly colder morning on Monday, so we could see some frosts around, especially exposed areas of the, of the Great Divide up in the Central Highlands and the, the Eastern Ranges. Uh, and then pretty settled conditions for the week ahead with uh, the ridge slowly moving over the top of us, winds kind of moderating, and then uh, some showers persisting in the south of the state for Monday and Tuesday, but really not a lot in them. And generally settled conditions all the way through till the end of the weekend, um, apart from some just some, some isolated showers and thunderstorms in the northeast. Uh, as we go later into the week, it's, uh, it's looking, Warwick, like quite a settled week again. Very We don't mind that, Keris. We don't mind a settled week. If you can keep organising a few of those, uh, that would be handy given what we've been through, yeah? That's right, yeah. I'll do my best to keep it going. Because, yeah. of course, you have all of that power. Uh, Keris, just across the weekend too, I always like asking any warnings we're expecting or anything that we should keep an eye out for? weather will be from thunderstorms at this stage over the weekend and again it doesn't look too threatening. Most likely threat will be Sunday in the northeast where we could see uh, damaging wind and large hail. Uh, apart from that, no no other no other warnings to report. Ripa Keris, thanks for that. Thank you. Keris Arndt, Senior Forecaster at the Weather Bureau, taking you through the full forecast there as we head into the weekend. You're listening to the Country Hour. Did turn my mic off a little bit during Keris because it's mighty loud here, isn't it? It is the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships here in Bendigo. We're having a ball here. You just met some of the best of the best at what they do shearing-wise as uh, we were going through the first half of the country. Our five-time national champion. He's on the stage at the moment. Another Australian team member is up there too. You you heard from the blade shearing champion too. Uh, there are so many events going on here. But it's not just for those at the top end of their journey as well. There's novice, intermediate and open championships going on today. And uh, we have some of the competitors in the wool handling side of things to join us now. And they're the Tasmanians. Uh, Victoria Lang uh, competing in the novice here in the wool handling as well. Welcome to the country hour. Oh, let me turn on your microphone. There we go. How's that work? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, so is this your first national championships? This is my first nationals that I've competed in. I've been to a few before with my partner, but this is the first that I've had to go in. So how did you find your way into the wool industry? Um, so to start off with, I obviously got with my partner. He's a shearer, and we bought a caravan and travelled the mainland for three years. So wow. and she was a means to an end. I finished school and wanted to travel and see, the, see a bit of the world and... COVID was about and 
Yeah, we bought a caravan and we've just been travelling around and yeah, we're home now. And Was it good? Yeah, bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> and so now you're stepping up and, and competing yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam's always been in the shows, but um, yeah, I've just started doing it in the last few years because sitting around all day waiting for him, I thought, why not? So... Oh, and Sam's competing here? Yeah, he's up there right now, actually. <laughs> so if you keep looking over your shoulder, that's okay, right? He looks to be going well, but he's right next to the national champion. Yeah, that's right. He'd be up there. He'd be nervous. <laughs> so is this his first national championship? This is his first as an Open, yeah, so he's pretty excited. Oh, brilliant. So what is it about the competition side that has drawn you guys to, to want to compete in events like this as well as, you know, working in the shearing industry? Yeah, well, it's actually down in Tassie, the community's unreal. Like, you know, you go to the shows at, you know, a lot of weekends during summer and it's always the same, you know, a lot of the same people there and it's a bit like a family, really. <laughs> well, Kelly's with you as well. Kelly Hazel, who is uh, been competing in the... You're in the open wool handling, aren't you, Kelly? Yeah, that's right, yep. Uh, take me through wool handling. What are you doing uh, at and what are you judged on? Um, so there's a lot of different as- aspects you get judged on from the board, from getting the crutch out, um, throwing your fleece, your clean-up, and then all your oddment buckets go out the back and they get judged out there just to make sure everything's in there right. So you're judged on how much wool you're pulling off yeah, and if you're pulling the right off, bit off? Yeah, if you take too much off or not enough off or if you put something in a wrong bucket. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. And then they also go back through your fleece as well, so... There's three different areas you get judged on. Yep. Yeah. So, so, can you tell us those areas? Um, so there's your board points, which is your your throwing, um, taking the crutch out, and your clean up. And then there's your oddment points, which is all your buckets that have your bellies in it, or stain or shank skin pieces. And then there's also your fleeces you get judged on. Wow. And and you were, I was watching you compete earlier, and it, it is amazing. So we've got the, the stand over here with the one, two, three, four, five, six of the shearers going at it, and they've got the judges and so forth all standing around them watching while they're shearing and so forth. And then you've got the, the wool handling side, which is where you're at. There's a few stands there. So there's the, the shearers who are just shearing for you. They're just getting the fleece off, and then all the judges and everybody is watching you and how you do what you do. Yeah, that's right. So we have pace shearers in these ones, so they are just competing for us. Uh, and then you have your judges, and there's not much room up there, so sometimes you you ride in each other's face. Yeah, it's pretty tight, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? it is, yeah. yeah. And and it's like it's well, I was talking to the shearers about it's like a ballet, what they've got to do with their footwork around the sheep, but it's like that for you trying to get skirt the wool and not run into your competitor or the shearer. That's right, especially if you're both skirting up the same side of the table next to each other up the table there's not a great deal of room and then you grab grab your broom and swing it around you've got to make sure there's no one standing behind you <laughs> don't hit the judge yeah do yeah. Yeah. try not to hit the judge that's for sure now there the scoreboards have come up beside me can you tell us the scoring system what are you looking for higher score or lower score a lower score so the lower the better um, there we yeah, go yeah the, yeah just the lower the better um they, so they give you points for everything you do wrong, say everything, every mistake you make. So the less mistakes, the less points. Wow. that's uh, uh, Victoria, you've been looking up at your score before. You've been in the novice event today. How did it look? Yeah, it could be better, but there's always room for improvement, isn't there? Well, you're in the novice. It's your first championship, so we're not expecting you to be perfect, Yeah, we? that's right. Yeah, now plenty of room for improvement, but, you know, it's, it's a big thing to come to one of these mm. things. There's a lot of people here today and... 
a lot of really good people, like a lot of big names getting around. And yeah, like I said, it's just the experience more than anything. And when you're when it's your first competition, do you feel like the spotlight's on you when you're up there and doing yeah, it? Yeah, she's pretty nerve-wracking. All you can hear is just the machine and the shearer, and you just yeah, you don't take notice of much else. But yeah, she's pretty nerve-wracking. <laughs> And what's the Tassie team like? You're all here together. Well, you say your partner's up there at the moment, although he looks done. That's good. Oh, thanks. He's finished? Yeah, no, we've got a, we've got a fair few people here today. I'm not sure exactly how mm. many of us there are, but, you know, everyone that's come put, puts in the hard yards at work and, you know, they, everyone that's here deserves to be here. So. Yep. And, Kelly, there's, like, there's obviously a lot of sheep in Tassie, but do most of the Tassie team just stay in Tassie or do you still travel across the mainland? A lot of us still travel, even though there is work in Tassie now pretty much 12 months of the year. It used to be a lot more seasonal. You might have a couple of quiet months, but now it's pretty much all year round. But you still find a lot of the younger ones still travel, which is great. Like, it's great for them to get out, meet people, you make more connections and still make good money while you're travelling. So, yeah. <laughs> I bet. Um, Victoria, thank you so much for chatting to us no today. Worries. I might send you off to grab Darren for me if yeah, that's OK. Sure. He's going to be our next guest. and. I think you'll listen to Victoria because he was giving her a razz up on the mic earlier. So if she's she can give her own back now, that'd be the nice thing, wouldn't it, Kelly? Yeah, it yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How many events have you come to for the wool handling? Uh, so national events, I think this is either my ninth or tenth nationals. Even though we haven't had one for a few years with COVID, our last one was at Dubbo. Um, but yeah, so I've been competing all up about. 11 years. Yep. Yep. And I got into competing through my partner. He's a shearer as well. And he, you just sit at the show all day watching the shearers. You thought, well, I might as well have a go. And now I love it. Day to shearer, become a competitor. Yeah, that's, that's... yeah it seems to work that way. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> and you can travel together, compete together. Yeah, it's good. And it's been a few years since the these events have been able to be held. So how much does it mean to finally get back to a competition like this? It means a lot to everyone. I think more the, um, the, the, the socialising, the catch up with everyone we don't get to see each other that often um, so we really look forward to um, catching up with everyone and everyone gets on really well it's good helpful yeah it's very much like one of those agricultural communities that feel very tight tight knit really sharing that's right if they've got any any advice they'll share it that's for sure yeah <laughs> yeah free advice that's what i'm looking yep. for kelly thank you so much for joining us good luck with the rest of the event lovely thanks very much there's a wool handler from tasmania kelly hazel who victoria lang you heard from earlier uh, competed as well uh, here at the championships today i've grabbed the man off the mic uh, who you might have heard in yesterday's uh, Country Hour as well. Darren Bones with you now. Uh, the shed's gone very quiet, Darren. Now I've dragged you away for a few moments. I wonder why that is. <laughs> uh, take us through. For people who don't know much about competitive shearing and wool handling, just how big is this event today? This event here today is the pinnacle of the sport for anyone that competes around at every A&P Society show in Victoria, New South Wales, SA. This is the pinnacle of the sport. For them to get into the Australian team, this is what they want to do. Make the Australian team here, and that's what they're going to do. Hopefully tomorrow, that is. Yeah, and we've just spoken about like how friendly the community is and, and, how, um, and how the competition is and how it's judged and so forth, but there really is a competitive edge here too, isn't there? Oh, Pe- people want to win. Oh, there's a lot of rival here, but I can tell you now there is some superstar shares here, honestly. Look, like, we've got a world record holder here, Stacey Tarua from New Zealand. He's here as well. Um, so world record nine hours shearing uh, record at Dubbo, I think was uh, something like that. It was yeah. five hundred and something, yeah. wasn't it? Wow, or yeah. more? Yeah, might Enough. have been six. 
Um, I do know Sammy Mack, who's rated number three in Victoria, he's done 615 in fat lambs yep. in Australia and 611 in New Zealand. So that's 38 seconds a lamb. So these are like the Formula One cars of Shearer's, really. They're Pretty much. This is, the, this is the Formula One. These are the boys you're seeing here today. The only thing missing, I'd like to see a few more people come down and have a look at them because they, they love shearing in front of an audience. These guys just thrive on it. So the event's on, and you can just come into the showgrounds here in Bendigo and just walk in and, and see this event. It's incredible to see. It's today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow, the National Open Shear Final is and that uh, tomorrow. Today is a lot of the Bendigo show shear for the Open Boys mm-hmm. and the other intermediate senior and novice it is their national title today today yep so you're not going to miss shearing if you come along here from what 8 30 tomorrow it's going to be uh, going before on all the way through yep but we do have a very very interesting thing going on here tonight and we've been speaking about that we spoke to you some of the australian team it. earlier right. so da- daniel mcintyre was just up on stage with yep. sam who were both competing for australia as well we had john Duller before as well as part of the australian team yep how competitive is the rivalry it's oh, pretty very, connected very, industry very, um, australia and new zealand well new zealand pipped australia last time over in new zealand at masterton um we got beat by speed um one of our shearers was just a little bit off the speed just mm-hmm. just marginally um, so they put the Kiwis in front of us. Today, this time, we've actually thrown in a faster shearer with the three, that being Sammy Mack. Yep. So he goes in. So it'll be very interesting because they see six crossbred lambs and six merino weathers. Being the weathers, merino weathers always slow the Kiwis down. But I can tell you when they shear the crossbred stuff, honestly, they... They built them out in about 45 seconds, even even less. So have we stacked the field in favour of Australia since we're oh, home well, I hope so. I reckon we've got a bit better team. But Australia's won this more times than not because mm. the reason they throw the six Marinos in, back when we had Shannon Warnes, Jason Wingfield and Daniel McIntosh in for Australia, they couldn't even be, get close to us. Mm, yeah, and, and we're going to chat to the New Zealand team, although they're actually up on stage at the moment, one of those uh, guys. But... Tell me, talk, let's talk a little bit about the New Zealand team because this is their world championship team that they've sent here to to compete fit pretty much locked in, isn't well, it? Well, Nathan Stratford, yep. he's here. He's yep. probably their best overall shearer in yep. crossbred and merino. Stacey Tahua, I think he's filling in with a bit of speed. I haven't seen him in the team before, but mm. he's a re- world record holder, so that's probably why they've thrown him in for the speed. Um, the other fella, I think... Who was the other way? I can't think of his name. Oh, okay, I've got Team Australia open in front of me. Let's just turn to the, uh, the Kiwi Palace. Yeah, we'll, we'll find our way to them. You can, uh, oh, actually, maybe it's the other direction. Oh, no, I can't get there anyway. But they're good. They're uh, very good. Stratford's ex- excessively good. So will these this start a rivalry that will be decided in Scotland at the Golden Shears World Championships Not next year? Not for the Trans-Tasman, only yep. for the world title. They yep. don't do a Trans-Tasman at the Worlds. Yep, yep. That is only between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, no, but like in terms of Australia and New oh, Zealand, they're yeah. probably the best, are they? Like, oh, are they shearers yeah, elsewhere? There's a couple of Welshmen like that, Gavin Much. He spends most of his time in New Zealand, yet he's a Welshman. Yep. So he's won a world championship. Yep. So and they're... shows uh, Johnny Kay, Johnny Kirk. He normally shears in the Kiwi team. He's not here. Yep. yep. Um, Josh has beaten him over at the Perth show. So he was a world <laughs> I champion. I love this knowledge that you've got in your brain. Um, well, Josh had an exceptional year. That would be three years ago over at Perth. He beat two world champions on the way through. Yep. So... I- 
And more widely, so that's the competition side of it. More widely, what does he say about the state of the, the shearing industry? A lot of young faces around here, a lot of competitors, even in the, the novice events and, and so forth as well, spoken constantly about shortages of shearers there and is. difficulties in finding them. Uh, do events like this help attract more people into the industry? Oh, it is. If you come in here um, like Saturday night, what I'm going to have is have... The top six that make the final sitting down there, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play their favourite song as they walk through the crowd, <laughs> and then up onto the stage, and it's going to just change the whole atmosphere. Whatever their favourite song is, they get to choose it. They march through the audience. We create it's like an a atmosphere. Title fight. It is like a, a rumble in the jungle, and that's what they do over in the Kiwi land. Yeah. They actually have laser lights shining on the. They shear late at night. Yep. So the laser light glows on them, and the music they play going up to the stage. So I said to the Australian boys, I said, why can't we play the, their favourite song as we come? Why should New Zealand have all the glory? Why can't we do something? <laughs> so I've talked them into it, so I'm going to do that as they do that. So it's going to create a whole new atmosphere that these blokes have never witnessed in Australia. So the idea of that is to have a young shearer in the audience. Oh, wow, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So we drive him on to keep going and snow getting into the open. Yep, and, and then hopefully you build a bit of buzz about the industry. Correct. Yep. That's, so that's the whole idea. To do. So we, we're promoting the sport big time. Wow, I want to be a part of that. If you get to this level, you can do that. Yep. Does competitive shearing and the popularity of it ride with the, um, how the industry in general is faring, or is it separate to that? Oh, probably a little bit separate. Yep. Um, the ind- industry itself has been struggling. Like, you've seen all the floods mm. and all the water. It's held a lot of sheep back. It's made them very hard to shear. Some of these uh, weathers here today are pretty solid this year because they've been in weather, rain, and hard work on getting a nice, even line. They have a better line of weathers for the national for yep. tomorrow. Yep. These ones here are a little bit ordinary today, I don't mind saying. <laughs> um, but they've got to do what's that. in front of them. They've yeah. just got to do that. That's where it is. And now, can I be slightly parochial here? Darren Bones with you, the MC. We've dragged him away from the mic. The Victorian team. We're the Victorian country out here. How, yes. how are we looking? Uh, well, I haven't seen the score on the team, so I haven't yep. looked at it because I've been busy talking. Is our team good? Our team's not too bad. Uh, we didn't go any good in times gone past, but this year could be a different story. Like I said, it depends on what sheep they throw in for this year. You know, you can eat a You're lot not of filling me with confidence here. Oh, well, I'm not sure because the other teams are pretty good. New South Wales, very strong team. Yep. yep. You know, you've got Australian representatives in that, in that with wool and shear. Yep. So that makes them hard to South beat. South Australians seem pretty South strong. South Australians, not too bad either. Yeah. Uh, I reckon we might nearly pip them. Oh, that's good. We'll yeah. take that. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> if we go well, you just don't know. With shearing, is a funny thing. You, you're only one stroke away from a feather duster and going home if you make a mistake. Uh, just before I let you go, Joan in Glenline has sent a text, and I just feel like you're the man to ask it, uh, to answer it. Joan says, oh, can you tell me if the shearing's on tomorrow? Yes, it is. And where do here, they go? Here to the Bendigo Showgrounds, Prince of Wales Showgrounds. You come here, you'll see the best of the best having the hit out. And that's what you want to see. I'm telling you now, get it. Get your backside, trackside. This is the place to be to see the best. Oh, there's Darren Bone. Thanks for joining us, mate. Going all right. Thanks, Chief. Darren Bone here at the uh, at the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships here in Bendigo. And they're still going on. The heat's behind us. You'll, you'll hear Darren as soon as he snatches the mic. The guy does not stop talking all day. Uh, and there'll be plenty more of that, I suppose, uh, during 
during the uh, afternoon. Uh, we might quickly just go to Hamilton because Hamilton's sheep sales moved from Thursday to Friday as of today because of a shortage of sheep trucks. Usually from late November onward at Hamilton, lambs are sold on a Wednesday, sheep on a Thursday. But trucking companies told agents there were not enough trucks available to cart lambs out and sheep in in such a tight turnaround. And Angus Verley spoke with Bernie Grant from LMB Livestock and Land and President of the Hamilton Stock Agents Association for the details. Well, Angus, we had a request from uh, one of the major trucking companies probably about four weeks ago to see whether we would sort of consider moving the sheep market to a Friday due to uh, lack of availability of trucks. You know, they were saying that they were down probably 25 to 30 trucks compared to what they were this time last year. And and just to move the volume of lambs out on a Wednesday sort of and Wednesday evening and Thursday morning was going to become difficult. So... Yeah, they just requested whether we could move it to a Friday, which we all had a meeting. We discussed it with uh, most of the major or all the processes that um, that operate here in Hamilton, and and you know they were all quite happy to do it. So we made the decision then that uh, if it, if that's what's going to be best, we'll do it. Okay, so typically lambs Wednesday, uh, as of late November, sheep on the Thursday. So following straight on and and concerns that, that that would create a bottleneck with the lack of trucks trying to get the lambs out and get the sheep in? Yeah, that's correct, yeah, because, you know, we'd be we'd be sort of trying to draft and on a Wednesday evening if we've got a big sheep market and there just wouldn't be room in the drafts or room in the selling pens and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was just going to become a major issue. So, luckily, you know, everybody's on board, so we are able to do it, which will be good for the livestock and, you know, good for all the transport operators as well. And what are the trucking companies saying are the factors behind that, that lack of availability of trucks? The flooding, you know, right throughout the eastern seaboard has made a um, big impact on that. Uh, and also, I think, you know, from what I can gather, you know, some of the subbies sort of aren't, aren't operating this year. So, or they're doing different work due to, you know, fuel costs and a few things like that. So I just think, you know, it's just a culmination of all those sort of things. And, and um, it's just come to a head now. LMB Livestock and Land and President of the Hamilton Livestock uh, Stock Agents Association speaking there about the moving of the, the sale day really due to the lack of availability of trucks. It is just one of those years, isn't it? As I said, we almost need to have a program on how weird 2022 was and how we're going to talk about it to our grandkids, I reckon. It's just one of those strange years. Let's keep... It's been a fairly positive day here today. It's been an amazing window into an industry and what's being done and how the best of the best compete in it. It is the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships in Bendigo. And see the uh, the the next heat going together now. Nathan Meany, who we heard from earlier on the program from South Australia, is shearing at the moment. I can see him going down the belly of his next sheep as we speak. It is amazing to see there's the smell of wool in this building here today, this big auditorium. There is hundreds of people sitting in front of the stand where shearers are going at it as I talk to you. And there's a a whole room full of sheep behind them, as we heard from David Lawrence, the head of Sports Shear Australia, speaking before just about the work being done there and the type of sheep that are here. There's some pretty tough ones. Another story of 2022 as well. But it is, if you want to come down and see the best of the best, go at it. Uh, Australia, 
versus New Zealand this afternoon into the evening here today at the Bendigo Showgrounds. And tomorrow, the National Shearing and Wool Handling Championships actually takes place, where the winner will get to go to Scotland and compete for Australia. And you heard earlier today about what it means to those people to pull on the green and gold shearer's singlet and compete for their country. It sounds like it's going to be a tremendous event. Thank you for letting us take you to just a short little moment of it today together. There'll be plenty more online. Check it out at abc.net.au slash rural. We'll catch you on Monday. It's one o'clock.